Hey, babe, welcome to the She Factor podcast, a space where we believe empowered women empower women. We're here to inspire, encourage, and equip you to live your best life and find your purpose. Join me every week as we dish out real life tips and tricks on all things juicy, inspiring, and educational, but of course, never boring. I'm Tori Ganahl, a millennial woman on my own journey to She, and your host of the She Factor podcast. Grab your favorite cocktail or Starbucks drink and settle in for real, raw, and hilarious conversations as we dive into what makes us as women unstoppable. Today, we have Liv Schreiber on the podcast. And guys, I am literally so excited for this episode. I haven't recorded in two months and Liv is so near and dear to my heart. And I can't wait for you guys to experience her positivity and just her brightness that she puts out in the world. Um, she's actually been coaching me personally for the last couple months. Um, I can't even remember how we first connected. I think it was on Girlboss. Does that sound right? Yes. Um, so just like crazy how the world brings certain people into your life. And um, I feel like we've experienced a lot of those moments together. And this month we're talking about faith. And so I thought, what a perfect opportunity to have you on and talk about um, your perspective on life because I think it's contagious. So welcome. Thank you so much. That's so kind. And my heart just skipped a beat. I'm so Aww. excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. Well, tell us, uh, tell everyone a little bit about you and um, your story and kind of how you've ended up to be where you are. Yeah. So I'm Liv and I'm a digital media founder. I'm 23 years old and I run a company live with Liv LLC, but actually just merged with my twin brother. He quit his job to join me. Um, so we're under a new name, Illuminate Digital. But um, aside from my full-time running company, doing paid ads and social strategy, my favorite thing in the world is spreading positivity, style, and kindness on Instagram. So at Liv Schreiber is where I coach people. And I, I just like to be a pillar of support to different humans from around the world. And I kind of like to think of myself as an older sister to someone who needs it. I love that perspective of being that mentor and person in someone's life. And I think you and I have talked about this, but even when, you know, it doesn't have to be an older, wiser person, but someone at 23 has so much to share with the world and um, with others. So how did you decide that was going to be what you did? Like, what, what did you just wake up one day and you're like, I feel like I just like want to help people and this is my calling and this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I think number one, it's like the first thing to keep in mind is that I don't know everything. And I think that's something to always pride yourself on not knowing, but as long as you can take what you do know and make it so that someone else feels better out there just because you exist, I think that that's really powerful. So I'm constantly learning every day and I don't ever claim to be any sort of all knowing Buddha master. Um, <laughs> but I grew up, I guess I've just always been myself, I grew up feeling a little bit different. Um, after a role model of mine passed away when I was 11 years old, I 
was kind of faced with, and this sounds a little bit weird, but with my mortality at a really young age, Mm -hmm. um, I always looked up to other women as a source of inspiration just because I had a twin brother and I didn't have a sister. And I was one of those girls that just wanted to worship someone. Um, But I couldn't find someone when my role model passed away. And my mom always taught me that if you can't find someone, become that person. Mm. So, uh, and she was actually, it's interesting. I I heard this. um, She texted me this yesterday. She said that when you're called a guru in life or you're an expert, you're a guru, it's spelled G-U-R-U. So it stands for G-U-R-U, meaning like any expert is their authentic self. Huh. Which I really like. I love um, that. Sorry, that was a tangent, but I no, just I love it. I just kind of became obsessed with mindset and with helping younger girls just in the name of my role model who passed away. And eventually just I mean, it's always been my identity and with the onset of social media, things just kind of happened. <laughs> um I feel like that's just your life. Like things just kind of happen. Like you just live these moments that are so random, but be so beautiful. Like I love watching them, like just randomly stopping on the street and dancing with a person. But those moments are so raw and authentic and so important. I feel like to the goodness of humanity. And I feel like that's something we can all take away, especially living through something like we are right now, you know? Right. Thank you. I mean, I I just think it's about being your authentic self and like doing what makes you happy and letting go of what doesn't make you happy. And, you know, eventually you're, you're finding yourself dancing with strangers in the streets of New York and getting it on your Instagram and people are loving it and you didn't know it was anything but your normal. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think it's just about finding your, your inner you and what makes you happy, whatever that is. So I want to talk a little bit about that role model, I guess, role, for lack of a better word, um, in your life and then, you know, in the people's lives that you're kind of standing in as that and helping them discover themselves and maybe discovering how to be their own role model. Like, what attracted you to your original role model and like what sort of things can people look for around them to find inspiration in people, you know? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? That makes sense. Um, you know, I think what I really identified in her is, and what I respect in every person that I choose to bring into my life, including you, is that oh. everyone who has a great grip on life or a great grip on where they want to be, I think the first thing is they acknowledge that attitude is a choice. Mm-hmm. And like the, it all begins the second you wake up in the morning and you get to choose your mindset and you get to choose not the actions, but like reactions and things that happen to you. So I think that my role model, when I was nine years old, I observed you know, how she treated everyone around her. Her name was Brielle Namer, and she completely, I could tell, just eluded this energy that was kind and of leadership quality, but she didn't let things bother her, didn't let small things get her down. And I think 
that's something that's really important that you can teach yourself at any age, at any point. And sometimes I reset too. I notice that I'm I'm being affected by little things and it's up to me to really choose how I want to see the world every single second and every day. Because, you know, sometimes it's not the problem, but it's the way that you see the problem that makes all the difference. I think it's, I mean, that's the core of, you know, everything is um, perspective, like exactly what you just said. You know, I think that everyone has their own story and, you know, everyone goes through something in their life, but especially when you go through something so young, like I know that's something I experienced was, you know, we were just talking about my dad, for example, like there's a lot of stuff I experienced when I was really young that made me grow up really fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, when that happens, your whole perspective just shifts. And it's kind of that attachment to the story of what you, what happened to you. I mean, like when something happens to you that young, your brain like really doesn't know how to process it. So then you end up, you know, processing later on in life and you're like, why am I attaching so much emotion and feeling to something that, you know, I had no control over. And that's been a huge game changer for me. And just knowing where I want to go and how I want to help people is how can we, you know, just acknowledge that things happen because they happen and, you know, have that mindset of what can I learn from it and move on and make myself better from it, you know? Right. Exactly. And that's what we're working on in our calls too. (laughs) It's a, it's a literal everyday practice. Right. And you're, no one's a pro at it, which is why in the beginning of our podcast, I said, listen, like I'm not perfect. I'm completely an attainable human being. I have an attainable mindset. I, you know, no one, I'm not unattainable in any way. I'm not like Deepak Chopra. It's just, I make conscious decisions every day until they become a routine and anyone can do it. So what, have you had any like of those I guess, aha moments or things that you've happened, lesson, like major lessons learned um, that have completely shifted your mindset or have led to that other than obviously your mentor passing away. But um, yeah, share, maybe share a little bit more about that if you're willing. Yeah, of course. So I um, graduated from Wisconsin a year early. I was in a sorority that I had, I really didn't like. Um, I was bullied. And I did have some great friends in in the sorority, but I also had some terrible experiences. Um, Some, I'm Jewish. There were some like anti-Semitic things that happened where um, our whole sorority had to have a pep talk as to why we shouldn't judge girls who look a certain type of way. I mean, this was two years ago. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So it was pretty traumatic um, as a sorority girl, which sounds ridiculous. Um, No, I mean, I was president of my sorority and president in Panhellenic. So trust me, nothing sounds traumatic after living through those two things. (laughs) It's it's so ridiculous. And we sound so, you know, white girl, sorority, you know, preppy driven, whatever. I don't know what the word is, but the stereotype. Just it's such a stereotype. And, you know, you go into this thing thinking everyone's going to be singing Kumbaya in a circle. And (laughs) that's just not how it is. So um I definitely experienced some sort of difficulty in, you know, do I present myself as I am to this group of girls or do I conform to what's cool and stay within the limits of what everyone knows and be cool because I don't stand out? Um, Mm -hmm. And I 
chose to really show my true colors and try to get the sorority to socialize with different types of people and really tried to expand the circle there. And it actually was a failed mission. Um, I actually became a rogue Emma to try to convince girls not to do my sorority. <laughs> and I, I love it. Tori, I mentor hundreds of girls, as you know, and I ended up getting kicked out. I was kidding because they found out what I was doing, which is ridiculous. Um, but you know, Oh my God, I can't believe that. That's so funny, which is crazy, but, um, I'm not like a hated person. We're all on good terms. And so I I left Wisconsin a year early because I wanted to make it in New York and, and start making money. And, um, I got into real estate. So I guess number one, the sorority thing was not an easy thing to deal with in college. And number two, um, you know, I got into real estate because I grew up in the fashion industry. My family has a handbag line and a company. And I wanted to see if fashion was something I liked or if it was just something I was used to. So I wanted to do real estate because I love people and I love sales. So I figured, you know, why not give it a go? Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up, it was not a bright time in my life. I ended up, you know, really sad and lonely because not only was I in New York City with no friends because I was a senior at the time or should have been, um, but I also just didn't like the work and didn't didn't like the people. And I felt like something was wrong with me because I wasn't happy. Um, but I remember everything shifted and this sounds silly, but when I looked in the mirror in the women's bathroom and I just smiled and it was a really hard day and I just smiled and I said, Liv, like, this is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. There's so much that's going to happen and you don't even know. And I don't know what to call that moment. Maybe it was a moment of manifestation, but um, I think. Or just a moment of being, I think, honest with yourself, like, but when you, you know, when we were talking about being your true authentic self, I think that's looking at yourself and being like, okay, like, this is me. This is where I'm at. Like, I acknowledge that I'm here, but I acknowledge that I am ready to do so much more. Right. And it's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. This is what we talk about on our calls, Tori. Like, like, it's about mindset. And it's about like, okay, instead of being anxious and upset, channel those negative feelings into good energy. Like you can teach yourself how to reset almost. Um, so I started Instagramming under my desk. I don't know if you even know this. (laughs) I was going to say, this is so fun for me because I feel like all we ever do is talk about me and I love hearing (laughs) about you and like how similar our journeys have been. I had no idea. So yeah, I love it. I can't wait to hear about you Instagramming under your desk. <laughs> I feel really weird talking because I feel like I'm talking so much. So I no, talking. that's what podcasts are about. They don't <laughs> want to listen to me talk. They do that every week. <laughs> I want to listen to you talk. Um, so yeah, so I started Instagramming under my desk and just showing people that like, you don't have to take the typical four years at college. You can graduate a year early. You can get into a new industry. You can become whatever you want to be. Um, so all my friends were in Madison, Wisconsin, and I found myself at this big 
real estate desk cooped up in this gorgeous weather in New York City with people who were talking crazy numbers, J-Lo and A-Rod's penthouse. I don't even oh know. My God. And um, it wasn't glamorous, if that's what you're thinking. It was not glamorous. Um, actually, I had to clear my boss's soup from her desk every day after her oh. lunch. Um, and it, I just like never erased that scent out of my mind. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, I started Instagramming and... I was just, I started, you know, it was more to help myself, like posting different quotes and different things that made me happy. And people started following. And Tori, I was like, this is so weird. Why are people following? But they started asking questions about what it's like to be 21 in the city and working. And um, eventually I had brands contacting me and I was reaching out to brands as well to take different style photos on the weekends because I, I did end up missing my fashion, um, sense or side of me. And that's how everything started. That's insane. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, but I think it's so funny. Like the one thing that stood out to me when you started talking about it was like that your family was you know, you've grown up a certain way and you try to go against the grain because that's exactly what I did too. Like I, my, like I said, my mom was always an entrepreneur and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to have that life. Like I was a little bit different than you obviously. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. I, I am not passionate about anything so strongly that I feel like I need to, you know, go out and create a business around it. And look where I'm at now. <laughs> <laughs> right? But you know, things happen. I think it goes to show too, you look at both of our experiences and we both saw the opportunity, um, you know, a, bi a big area where my passion grew for, you know, women empowerment and leadership and developing women and helping them create a life they love is from my time being in a sorority and the negative effects that I saw of it too, right. and how poorly I was treated being a leader of a sorority and a young leader at that. And it was really, I think, a lot harder than people thought because I think I did a really good job at covering it up. But, um, you know, it, it really stuck with me. And it's a huge reason why I'm doing what I do now. And, and then you look at the second part of that of like, okay, well, we're in our 20s and we're just trying to create this life that we want to live and wake up and jump out of bed every day to live for, you know? Right. I agree. So and important. It's important. And also I always say, because now I have a lot of, and I started my company and now actually a majority of my, my clients are brokers. And <laughs> never, ironic. It's, it's funny because if I hadn't done real estate, I never, never would have started Instagramming under my desk, which led me into personal branding, which then led me into teaching others how to personally brand, which then led me to starting my own company and, and getting them as clients. So I'm so grateful for the journey because I needed that and I needed that hard time to get to where I am. How do you do it all? Like, how do you have this full time? You have your business and your job. Um, and then, you know, you're doing all this on the side. Like, I've seen your schedule because I book with you, but it's like you literally have coaching calls back to back to back in your free time. Like, how do you do it? <laughs> um, you know, I think you're funny. And I think everyone is busy, but it's about 
Well, you know my post-it note calendar hack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Just give everyone a sneak peek. Tell them where to find it. <laughs> it's amazing. You can find my post-it note hack at Liv Shriver on Instagram. I won't explain it, but it, basically it's 30 days of intense scheduling and it's how my, I live my life. And the main thing is like I schedule the people I want to see in at the beginning of every month. And it might sound psychotic, but like there, I do not negotiate my priorities with people, with my family and my friends. So if I fill my day with tons of scheduling and coaching calls, that's fine because I know that all of my really important, you know, personal things are taken care of. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you, I feel like you, you and I have talked about this too, um, you know, when you're doing that intense scheduling and when you're living a life of like back to back to back, it's almost you just enjoy those moments more with your family and the downtime that you have. And mm-hmm. um, I think you enjoy the moments of work more, too, because you're you're just like in the moment. You're not constantly getting pushed and pulled a thousand different directions, even yeah. though you are. It's like you aren't at the same time, you know. Yeah. And also, like, I don't even think of what I'm doing as work because I'm building myself and I'm doing things that I really love. Like I love talking to you. I love coaching people. Otherwise I wouldn't do it. So it doesn't even feel like work. It it just feels like my life. And I, I feel really grateful. So true. I've totally had that perspective, like, especially lately with being quarantined in the house. It's like, I was just talking to you about this too, right before when we jumped on, like, I don't want to go to sleep at night because I want to wake up the next morning and start working on all the fun stuff I'm doing again. Like, I'm like, why do, why would I want to sleep? Like, that sounds dumb. Like, I don't want to spend time by myself in bed, like not doing something better for myself or creating. And like, that's when my creative juices are flowing. Like, it's so bad. (laughs) Right. No, it's like a moral obligation to yourself, really. Yes, exactly. So where do you see yourself in the next year, five years, 10 years, like what are your ultimate goals? I, and I don't think I've heard anything from you on this. So I'm like, so excited to hear this answer. I don't think you ever have either. I don't think I've really (laughs) thought about it myself, but I am. The one thing that I always do is every birthday, I try to make better than the last meaning. And I'm not saying like getting drunk and having a part. <laughs> That's great too. But I'm saying like, I always aim to make the year after my birthday, the best year I've ever had so that I'm always competing with myself. Um, so I guess, and I know that sounds silly, but it doesn't at all. The next five years or year, I just want to continue to surround myself with people I've been inspired by. Um, and I want to continue to spread my message on a broader scale. Um, I'm starting a few different things, which is exciting. Quarantine has me thinking, Mm -hmm. uh, and I just want to continue to bring good things into my life. You know, I, I posted a quote the other day that was said something about, you know, it's not about just having everything be amazing all at once, but it's about bringing small little great things into your life one at a time. And, um, so I just hope that I can continue to build, build my happy sandcastle in that way. Your sandcastle. Where, <laughs> where do you get that from? I love it. I don't it. know. I just was thinking about building and I, I, the one thing <laughs> I thought of was a sandcastle. <laughs> I love it. Um, so 
this month, obviously, like I said, we're talking about faith. So, um, and I think this all leads into things that we've been talking about in general, but, you know, something that's the way that we define faith at She Factors very different, I think, than the typical, um, you know, religious faith, faith. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I have had a lot of conversations around it, Um, you know, even like leading with positivity and manifestation and spirituality and what all that means. Um, So I guess, what does that mean to you? Like when you hear the word faith? Well, if I'm being honest, I'm Jewish and I don't think the term is really used a lot in my religion. So I do think of church. (laughs) Um, but when I hear faith and really do think about it in the way that, you know, you guys at She Factor define it. And I love that by the way. Um, I think about learning how to walk and I know that sounds weird, but just give me a second and I'll explain it to you. So basically, you know how like when there are little babies who are learning how to stand and like they're, Mm -hmm. they falling and like they can't get it, but they're trying and trying. Yeah. Um, I think of faith the same way because like a little kid doesn't stop and think to him or herself, wow, I can't stand up like this. Maybe this isn't for me, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> these aren't like, ah, I've tried to keep falling. Like, this isn't for me. They keep trying and, and eventually they learn how to stand. And now that's how we have a society of walking humans. <laughs> Um, you know, I think faith is the same thing where you can keep getting pushed down and pushed down, but you're not going to think to yourself, maybe this isn't for me, right? You're just going to keep going. Um, so I like to compare to everything. Like I have a fear of public speaking and I was invited to go speak to my old high school. I was terrified. It was this, I was so, I couldn't even talk. I was getting my hair done. The girls doing my hair was like, Liv, are you okay? I was terrified. And I realized that it's not like a, you shouldn't have a fear of anything. The only fear that exists, like it's not fear of public speaking that exists. It's a fear of looking foolish that exists. Mm -hmm. So if you can just learn how to be best friends with that feeling of fear and being uncomfortable, I think that that is what faith is. And that is what a lot of successful people have taught themselves is intimacy with fear and not being afraid to fall. I am like throwing my hands up in the air right now. I love everything you just said. And I have so many thoughts because it's all been, I feel like so present with me, like literally everything. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Um, But I feel like I've been doing so much research on this um, in the last couple months. And the example that you used is so crazy that you used it because I am reading this book right now and they talk, it is actually a religious book, but it talks just about like all the religions throughout history and like the, um, the importance of prayer and meditation in all of the different practices. And one of the things that they talk about is children and how like when somebody sits down to pray with a child, like there's no questions asked. Like there's this one example he uses where he was like praying over a, kid, a five-year-old kid's sister who was really sick, like a baby. And yeah. he was like, come pray with me. And the kid didn't think twice about it. And he was just talking to God like it was his best friend and it was normal. And there was no fear, no like intimidation. It was just natural. And um, another one of the chapters talks about how we're born with 
joy. Like that is in us, joy and happiness and, um, you know, positivity is in us when we're born and we right. teach ourselves out of it. It's, it's instilled in us. Like it's, it, we're not born unhappy, you know, <laughs> Wow. we just have to find it. Um, so I think just like the power of what you just said, like being living with that intimacy of fear, like it, I have just been sitting with that and how that uncomfortable feeling, I think I actually just talked about this on a podcast with somebody didn't talk about it recently, but it aired recently um, about how that feeling of fear it's not anxiety. It's not like a negative, like I can't do this. It's a discomfort with growth. It's like your body, it's like growing pains. Like you're trying to grow and become better and your body's like, eh, I'm fine and I'm comfortable, but like, I guess you can go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you can just like be with that. Think about all the amazing things that you can do. And another one of my thoughts, then I'll stop talking, but, um, was, when you were talking about your fear of public speaking, I was like, Liv's not afraid of public speaking. Like I can never see that, but you know, it, I also can't ever see you not being fearful just from what I know of you and our conversations and even just seeing you, um, you know, on Instagram before we even had a conversation, like you're not afraid to walk up to a random stranger on the street and dance with them. So like, how would right. you be afraid of public speaking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And like, also, I guess I didn't even realize that the people listening may or may not know me or may know me. And if you do know me, like you, you probably listen to that and you're like, that's ridiculous. This girl talks to everyone. Right. But like it's you're the one telling me and teaching me how to talk to the camera on my Instagram. Like and right. you're afraid of public speaking. What? Right. And it sounds so silly. And I think it's just about like verbalizing it and really realizing like how ridiculous your own fears must sound to someone else who knows you. Like that's exactly what we need to do in terms of faith is just help each other out too. Like you can see how ridiculous my own fear is. Can you only imagine how ridiculous yours must be? Right. Well, and I mean, that's exactly what you and I talked about on our coaching call this week of me needing a minute to vent and just get out my feelings. And once I did, I was like, God, I sound so ridiculous. Like, why am I feeling all those things? Like, that sounds so silly. And you were like, yeah, but think about how many other people are feeling that same way, you mm -hmm. know? And I don't mean to say that and shame ourselves for the fear. I'm not saying to, you know, be feel ridiculous in a shameful way. But what I'm saying is like, if you just step outside of that perspective, right? Mm -hmm. You And just sometimes it's about getting out of your own head. It just sounds so silly. And it just is the mindset that can allow us to move forward. I feel like on all of our calls and even this call today, it's like, okay, I'm going to say something and it sounds so silly or like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say something. It sounds so ridiculous. Like, I feel like you and I say that so often, but yeah. I think it, it just comes from a place of, you know, okay, we're just being totally honest and authentic right yeah. now. And it might sound ridiculous, but like, I'm trying so hard to take that out of my vocabulary because it really doesn't when you right. look at it, you know, you're right. Or apologizing. I'm really trying to stop that. Oh, that's saying sorry for everything. <laughs> oh, I stopped doing that. I actually had to, it's, I um, did a challenge with different people. Maybe we can do it again. But when you find yourself saying sorry, say thank you instead. 
Hmm. You will like be blown away. You'll be blown away. Just try okay, it for one, so day, one week. Anyways. On that note, I just feel like you always, like, even like the just the analogy you just used with the kids standing up, like, and the, okay, say thank you instead of sorry. Or um, I don't know. I just feel like you're so full of all these little nuggets of wisdom. I, I need to start making a book, honestly. <laughs> like, I guess that's what your Instagram is, is like collections of all of those. But, um, you know, what are some of your favorites and how did you find them and why are they your favorites? You're so great. I, I think that like, I listen to what a lot of people say and, and I fill my head with, with education. And I think that self-education is so important. So all of the things I say, I've either learned or read or, or taught myself, um, I think that number one, I guess the first nugget of wisdom is that you can go to college and you can get a degree, but that's not going to take you anywhere. You need to actually invest in yourself every single day. And the second you graduate from college is the second you begin. And a lot of people say like, it's the class of life. And there are a lot of different quotes about this, but, um, a lot of people say that like the wealthiest people in the world have self have been self-taught everyone from Bill Gates to, um, one of my mentors, Sarah Blakely to, um, you know, anyone you can really think of Albert Einstein, they're all self-taught and it's about pushing yourself in that regard. So I'm really passionate about that. Um, I'm taking a Yale happiness class right now. It's free online at Coursera.com. That's not sponsored, but, um, <laughs> that's something I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> another thing is that, uh, two things. One, I'm always willing to bet on myself. And I think that's something that everyone should always remember and remind themselves of is that, that you are important and you can make anything happen. And if you were to bet a thousand dollars on yourself, would you win or would you lose? And if you say that you would lose after betting on yourself, which some people listening may do, well, why would you lose? And what can you do to change those factors? Because everything you do, every, your mind is malleable and it takes 21 days to start a habit. So it's really about just sitting down with yourself, self-analyzing, which is what I think quarantine, by the way, is such a blessing because sometimes we operate like robots. Mm -hmm. and quarantine has given me the opportunity to analyze like where I'm headed in life and what I'm doing and who I'm surrounding myself with. And if you find little things that don't fit in with where you want to go, that's an opportunity to break it down and fix it. Um, so I guess that's a really long tangent, but no, <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's great. Tangents are good. Um, going off of that too. Um, you know, I did want to just talk about obviously the current state of what everyone is, you know, the new norm and what this experience is like. And, um, I guess how have you been coping with that? And, you know, you talked a lot about self-education and investing in yourself. So like, what are, what are some ways that people can start doing that, especially in this time of social isolation and some of your favorite places to start diving in? Mm -hmm. Um, I think 
everyone should just sit down with a pen and paper and write down who they want to be, what they're doing currently, some, or even if you don't know who you want to be, like, I don't really know who I want to be, but I know, or what I want to be doing in 20 years, but I definitely know the type of person I want to be remembered as. So what are different things you can do that can get you to that point? So I would encourage people to either write down in a moment of reflection or like we talked about, Tori, go on a run and assign a thought to every mile you do. Because when else have you had the opportunity, like we talked about, to just be away from your phone and sit and be silent with yourself? Um, So I think analyzation is huge in quarantine. And then another thing is just educating. So if you see someone's going on Instagram Live or teaching a class, use your calendar and book those things into your schedule as if they're real life occurrences so that you don't miss them and you hold yourself accountable. And they are real life occurrences. I think that's so important to note. Like literally working out is a real life occurrence. Like work mm-hmm. it into your calendar. Pretend like it's, you know, somebody's behind you saying like, you have to go do this. I think you and I have been so great about, um, you know, these little challenges or like what we did the positivity challenge. Like it's all about accountability too. like find people in your life who will hold you accountable to being the best person you yeah. want to be and who know you well enough to know when you're not and know when you're off that track and who you can do things with. You know, I think a big, big thing for me, especially in the last couple of years has been, I haven't really had like a community or people who are on the same wavelength as me. And I think in the last couple of months, I've met so many people, including you, who are now just so important in my life and who are like-minded and growth-oriented and like people that I can go to and say, hold me accountable to this. And you have, and you've Mm -hmm. definitely been holding me accountable. And it's, it's kind of like a, okay, if I don't show up for them, how do I expect myself to show up for me? Right. Right. And you're the best, by the way. Um, Also, it's time with family and and friends and people who hold us accountable that we literally would never, ever have again. And I almost think that the world needed some sort of pause. We all need a reset. We we did. I, I think, and I, you know, of course, I send out all of my thoughts and gratitude to everyone involved in the terrible aspects of what's going on. But the one silver lining is it gives us an opportunity to connect with people. And like, who knows? I was just thinking this might sound crazy, but what if I was supposed to be in a car crash and and die today, but because there aren't any cars on the road and we're not going anywhere, it didn't happen. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but maybe this happened for a reason. And we all get to spend extra time hopefully some of us with our parents and with our siblings Mm -hmm. and connect with our friends. And that's something that's really so valuable. And like, I think connecting with ourselves too, like what you're talking about, like spending that time sitting down and just thinking about the person that you want to be. Like we just get so stuck in the everyday. Like we I, I know I do. And I think there's a lot of people who do of like, okay, what do I have to do next? What is the next task? What is the next appointment? What is the next this, that, whatever it is? And how, I mean, like, when do you ever have time to just sit down and be like, 
okay, I have nothing going on. I have no obligation. I can sit here and just be with myself and think about what I am doing and providing for this world and how I can better myself. And, um, you know, by all of us, that's like where the change in the world happens is by first loving yourself and knowing how to be the best person you can be. And then you can outwardly put that out into the world, you know? Right. So exactly. anyways, <laughs> all of our crazy tangents. Um, <laughs> if you have like one thing that if they, if people left with one big takeaway, what it would be, or, um, your top three tips to embracing self-love and positivity. Oh, I'm one or the other. Three things because it gives me <laughs> talk more. <laughs> okay, really quickly, I'll keep it all under each one is a sentence. These three things have literally, Tori, changed my life, and hopefully they can help other people too. Number one, toxic people. Look at toxic people like dead ends. You cut off your dead ends. You get a haircut at least, let's say, three times a year, I think, except I need to work on that. Um, <laughs> Talk to people are like dead ends. Cut them off. Chip chop. They're gone. Bye. Erase. <laughs> Done. Okay. That's number one. It will make your life so much easier, so much better. You do not need negativity or drama in your life. Yes, girl, I'm talking to you. Number two, joy is the best makeup. I know that sounds silly, except it's not silly. Joy. Except we're not saying that anymore. Nothing silly. Anymore. It's not silly. Joy is the best makeup. And that's a statement in itself. Number three, last thing, be crazy enough to know that you can do anything in life. You can be anything in life. And the second you start incorporating that into your mindset, I think you'll be blown away by all of the things that you can become. What a perfect, just little, all your little nuggets to end on. (laughs) I just, I think that, uh, I mean, this, this obviously, all of our conversations are always amazing, but um, especially right now with everything going on, like this is, I think, the perfect time to have conversations like this. And it doesn't have to stop here. Like people can go have these conversations with anyone in their life. But, um, you know, to have somebody so inspiring and positive and um, just you're, you're contagious, your brightness is contagious. So I think it, it was, it all aligned so perfectly that we had you on today. I am so grateful and just, I just love you. I love you too. Um, (laughs) I want to do a really quick thing. I used to do this on the podcast and I haven't done it in a while. Um, But I think it's kind of like a fun little way to end it. Um, A little would you rather. Oh, Do you want to do it? Mm, Like rapid fire. Like really rapid fire. Okay. Um, Would you rather adventurous or risky? Risky. Call or text? Call. Spicy or mild? Spicy. Oreos or Chips Ahoy? I'm literally like the most (laughs) daring option of everything you're saying. (laughs) Oreos. (laughs) City or tropical? City. Neutrals or bright colors? Right. Literally, that's you. Um, (laughs) Gloss or matte? Gloss. Straight hair or curls? Curls. It's like the most... Yeah, literally all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Um, okay, street food or restaurant? Street. Pool or ocean? Ocean. 
the only reason why I feel like this is like so easy is because I know exactly what you're going to say to each right. of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Today was so, so fun. So thankful for you and grateful for you. Just thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. You're the best. And I hope that everyone listening had fun. Um, they can find me and you, you at give your Instagram, Miss <laughs> at Tori Ganahl. Go and follow since Liv is helping me. <laughs> go follow Tori and I'm at Liv Schreiber and DM both of us for anything. We're always here for you. Looking for more than a weekly dose of She Factor? Find us on social media at The She Factor or head to our website, thesheefactor.com to keep up to date with all the trends on our blog and daily She email. Still want more? Subscribe on our app for access to live events near you, special offers from our brand partners, and lots of exciting tools to help you launch your life. Thanks for listening and see you next week.